Oh, hello. Welcome to Morning Shot. Long-time viewers of the show know you quite well, but we have grown substantially uh, since the last time you've been here, thankfully for us. But you also have grown substantially as well in a time period. So please, just introduce yourself to who you are. Uh, okay, so my name's Phil Craig, and, and I was one of the co-founders of the, the Cape Independence Advocacy Group. Uh, and uh, interestingly enough, our first ever interview as an organization was with, with Roman. So we're, we're, we're coming full circle here. Um, and uh, yeah, look, so now we're, we're about three years old, and we're obviously campaigning for, for Western Cape Independence. Uh, and we've done various things over the, over the years to, to, to pursue that uh, with, uh, with hopefully increasing degrees of success. <laughs> Well, very much so. The strategy for the CIAG was very good. It was like, let's be a pressure group, but let's get some data behind us. Yeah. So you have been responsible for a lot of data coming out of the Western Cape in terms of what are the approval ratings for a independent Western Cape? And of course, you've asked other questions along the way that support this idea that it seems to be on the data, more people support the idea of independent Western Cape than does not support it. And these are people who live in the Western Cape. How has that fueled CIAG, knowing full well that you have this idea, but now it's been tested and people really seem to have this idea? Yeah, look, so so I I think we always understood it was a process. So so in in our first, you know, when we started and when we first started out with you, really we just wanted to get the idea out into the media and to allow this idea to really sort of germinate and to to sort of catch hold and let people's imagination let them start imagine a future where they can take control of it. I think so many people sort of feeling helpless in this regime where you know you've got a government that you despise, you definitely didn't vote for it, you know, but but what do you do about it? And I get that's more difficult than other parts of the country but in the Western Cape, where the majority really despised the government, uh, you, there were different options. Um, and, and therefore, you know, we, we got this idea of Cape Independence and we put it out there. And probably the first poll then, and we had two things. First of all, we wanted to make people engage with the idea. We went out of our way to force politicians to talk about Cape Independence. Um, and yeah, we really targeted people and individuals with articles and so on. And, and obviously, when they talked about it, they helped us amplify this message. It didn't really matter if they loved it or hated it. It just got people talking about it. Um, and then we, we polled. And in the, yeah, in the first year, I think we had 36% in support of, of Cape Independence. And that was quite shocking for people. 47% in favor of a referendum. And all of a sudden, people thought, oh, my goodness, actually, people quite like this idea. Um, and it's logical they should like the idea. I mean, why, why, why would you, you know, the Western Cape, um, you know, the majority of voters have never once voted for the ANC. Of course, they'd like having the government they voted for rather than the one they hate, but they keep getting even though they didn't vote for it. Um, and then over the, you know, over the time, then the following year that it increased um, and all of a sudden support for Cape Independence was at 46 percent and support for a referendum was now 58 percent. Um, and then when we polled again this year, yeah, we had the real magic number, 68%, so just short of 7 out of 10 in favour of a referendum and support for Cape Independence at 58%. And, and now we've got to the point where it's great. Now we can win a referendum. Now actually we can get this thing done and get it over the line. Uh, we've just got to force the Democratic Alliance to be democratic, which of course is a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. So a lot of people look at polling and they're very suspicious of it. But I know for a fact you used a very legitimate uh, polling uh, which call it polling company. This company, I may as well say, Victory Research, yeah, yeah. has been used by geez, everyone under the sun to do polling. It it's literally is a gold standard in polling in South Africa, in my personal opinion. So you didn't, you know, do this through some weird, weird way. It, it, it's legitimate polling. It does express the views of the uh, residents of the Western Cape. But 
there's a roadblock ahead, the Democratic Alliance. Uh, they had a referendum bill somewhere in the Western Cape Parliament. I have no idea where it's gone or disappeared to. And they were fully in the idea, they were, they were fully behind the idea of the Western Cape holding referendums for residents of the Western Cape. Where are we in that scenario? So I remember, and I guess it's coming full circle, when we, when we first met and I perhaps was this totally naive person who was new to politics and the first time running this uh, organisation, uh, and, I, and I was talking with, with great enthusiasm, uh, imagining that the DIA were going to be really reasonable and sensible people and, and the fact would prevail, and you said to me, look, they're just a bunch of cowards. They're good people, but they're cowardly, and, and, and ultimately they'll never find the courage to do what needs to be done. Um, sadly. The DA are really good people, really nice people who are cowards and don't have the courage to do what needs to be done. So, so Roman, you can put that a tick and say, I, I, I called it. So what, what's happened? And, and I, yeah, we, I, I really like you. Know, you know, I think Helen Zill is absolutely wonderful. Uh, yeah, we, we owe her a huge debt. She's a political hero of mine. I think John's a good leader. I think Jordan's doing a good job. You know, uh, I think Alan's a brilliant bureaucrat for all, for, you know, with, with all that's good and bad entailed in that. Um, so, and, and there's no question that the Western Cape is the best run province in South Africa, and that in, in, in no small part is to do with the DA. So let's not sort of cack on the DA for, 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 for too much of a thing. But the reality is what we have found in all of our discussions is they love ideas. When you first sit down with them and you give them an idea and you talk to them and say, look, this is the solution, they're always brimming with excitement. It's fantastic. And actually, as it gets more and more real, they start to get colder and colder feet. And then actually, they're kind of like... They're the parachute jumper who never wants to actually jump. They always land with the plane, with their parachute still on them because they never actually have the courage to do the things that need to be done. Um, and that's exactly why we are with the referendum. So we, so we, you know, we got them to the point. We talked about the referendum legislation. They promised to 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 bring this referendum bill, and in fact, they promised on the you know they promised to to table a referendum uh, on Cape Independence, which included a question. It was a deal we did with the DA in twenty twenty one. It was a promise. It was a promise that John Steenhazen made to me personally. It's not yeah, it's not high in the sky. It wasn't some lowly dig. It was it was it was a deal that we did, and you know, that's where we were. They did publish in the Gazette, the, the Government Gazette. Here's the bill. They wrote the bill. They published the bill. And then the backtracking started. So now we've got through the 2021 elections. Oh, we're just going to bring it. We're just going to bring it. Uh, long story short, uh, we discovered uh, 18 months later that they secretly they'd cancelled the bill. Uh, the bill, <laughs> they'd actually stopped it. Uh, that that would obviously nearly cause a blue murder uh, and actually was quickly resolved. And I have to sort of give credit to to, to a couple of the leaders who it was seemingly done behind their back. Um, but, the, but the result is the bill then was brought on. And then finally, the bill was tabled two years after. It. But in that process, Alan Windy is busy writing to us saying, well, I, I can't make a decision on a referendum because we're waiting for this bill, the bill that his own party is, is, has cancelled. Um, so we had this sort of slightly farcical situation uh, that kind of uh, uh, dragged on. Um, and eventually we got to the point where we, you know, we, we um, uh, said to the DA, right, look, you know what, fair's fair. We're coming up to a 2024 election. You know, you've, you've kind of yeah, really not done. We didn't deal with you before the 2021 election. You've broken it. Let's just get it really clear with everybody. We, we asked for a written agreement. We asked for that same agreement. He put in writing in the form of a referendum accord. And we asked the DA to sign it and to publicly release it so that everybody knew where we stood. Were they going to call a referendum? Were they not going to call a referendum? What was the question going to be so that we could all go into the elections 
And then the DA, what did they do? They stalled and they panicked and they, they prevaricated. They tried to not answer the question. They wrote back five emails that avoided all of the points uh, until eventually we kind of said, look, you know what? Okay, enough of this shit. We, 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 we now are going to have to do this. So we ended up saying, right, what we're going to do is we're going to, get, we're going to poll again, which we did. Uh, we're going to go and get a letter, which we're going to write to Premier Windy. We got 30,000 voters to sign it in the space of four weeks. Uh, and we turned up at the Western Cape Parliament by appointment, at which point the Western Cape Parliament or the, the, said they couldn't find anybody to receive it publicly. They tried to ban us from, from filming it. Um, so they, 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 but anyway, we delivered them this letter and we said, here you go, you've got that. You've got a letter signed by 30,500 30, people. Uh, you've got seven days. Are oh, you going to call a referendum? Yes. Or no, just don't stop bullshitting. It's now or never. We want an answer. And Alan Windy came back and said no. And he said no, not only no, but actually because he doesn't like Cape Independence. Yeah, which of course had us totally infuriated. It's kind of like, you know, at what point did, did it come into the Constitution uh, that the Premier has the power to call referendums, which he decides based on what he likes, you know, as, as, as opposed to what the people he's supposed to be serving likes. You know, the whole point of a referendum is to ask the people you're serving what they want. It's not, no, I don't want to ask them what they want. I don't want to ask those three million people what they want because I don't like the idea. Um, <coughs> so that's where we are. Yeah, we, so we've got to the point where they've broken the deal. They're not going to honour their promise. Um, and you know, now they've put a lot of people, including us, in a very, very difficult situation. And we've got to respond to that. Yeah, uh, that's the problem with the DA. As you said, I get along with most of the upper echelons. Um, I'm not saying I'm brilliant friends with everyone there, but they really are competent, smart people there. But the, as an organization, they're just not brave enough, in, in my estimation, to, to run South Africa. They, they just aren't. You need you need guts and you just need to do something stupid sometimes, right, just to get going. But anyway, enough about the DA. So Ellen Winnie comes back to you after like two years and says, you know what, uh, this referendum is no go because I don't like the idea. Apparently he can do that for some reason. So you are telling yourself, oh, well, screw you, Ellen Wendy. We'll just start our own political party. Absolutely. Based exclusively on this idea. So it's called the Referendum Party, as far as I understand. Tell us a bit more about it. Sure. So, yeah, absolutely. We haven't officially launched that party yet, although we've announced today that we're going to be launching it in the next few weeks. So, yeah, it's set. We're just making the final preparations, last adjustments to the website, assembling the team and, 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 and so on. So the referendum party is incredibly simple. Effectively, we, we if, if we split Cape Independent supporters in the Western Cape, let's say out of every 10 Cape Independent supporters, seven vote DA and three vote for somebody else. Now, the three that vote for somebody else are fine. They can go vote for the Freedom Front Plus. They can go vote for the Cape Independence Party. They really haven't got any problems because they just vote for what they want because they can vote for the political party and for a referendum. When it comes to DA voters, they're in a difficult spot um, because they... Um, now, what do they do? You know, the, D, the DA effectively saying, OK, I want to vote for a DA government because that's my present. Yeah, there they are. They're governing. They're doing a pretty good job. Uh, and actually, I want service delivery. I don't want the ANC. So therefore, I've got this. But actually, I recognise that my future is so much better with Cape Independence. But now I'm forced to choose. Do I, do I, do I vote for my present, the DA, or do I go and vote for some other Cape Independence party? Um, and so we said, well, look, you know what? This is, this is something that we, 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 we can very easily resolve. And let's just create a political party that's designed for that seven out of ten people uh, who want Cape Independence and a, a DA government. So we said, right, we'll form a, a party called the Referendum Party. We'll promise under all circumstances to vote with the DA and put them into government. So there you go. Now you can completely relax. You're going to get a DA government. You're going to deal with your present. And 
we're going to make sure they get a referendum on Cape Independence. So the so the, the the simplest version of the referendum party is the referendum party is a vote for a DA government in the Western Cape and a referendum on Cape Independence. So DA voters, we want DA voters to not vote for the DA, but vote for the referendum party. You'll still get a DA government, but you get the referendum on Cape Independence, and that's the, the, the crux of it. And we're going to we're going to release people from this unfair dilemma and say you can vote for your present and you can vote for your future at the same time vote for us single issue no other policies nothing else other than a referendum on cape independence that 68 percent of western cape voters want so byron did you bring up to speed we just went through the history of the cape independence advocacy group and now we've just reached the point where phil explained what the referendum party is about and the party basically is we're going to vote with the da on everything but then voters now have a choice to vote with the da to govern and vote with the referendum party to have a referendum because a lot of DA guys want a referendum. So my next question was going to be, but Byron, if you want to ask it, go ahead. Are you going to do this in the national election or the municipal election? Because I mean, that does matter. We're going to do it in both. We're going to do it in both because we've got agendas that we want to deliver in both the provincial parliament and the the national parliament. Um, So you you don't sound very English. Uh, sorry, sorry, very South African. I just want to. <laughs> yeah. well, no, no. So I, I, I still have my, my, my. If, is it a plummy? I don't know. My, my British accent. Absolutely. <laughs> just, I'm just asking that this will come. Well, we are the British. You, you can't. We couldn't help ourselves. We always had to have a finger on the scale somewhere in the world. So I'm here now, 20 years. I'm married to an Afrikaner. It's my homeland. But hell, we're going to save this place. It's beautiful. We're not so so basically, me, yeah. you're UKIP, but for the Cape. <laughs> well, I don't know too much about UKIP because I I was in South Africa by that time. Um, but uh, but yeah, we but, but, look. I wouldn't. People have said I I I'm South Africa's Farage. So 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 maybe that's the truth. I don't know. So, so well, certainly if we can replicate their successes in terms of forcing the uh, the 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 government to listen to the people that elected it uh, and and calling a referendum that allows the people to make the choices, then I'll be very happy if I could duplicate their success. So let me just explain. So if you run in the national election come 2024, and that is your goal, how will that enable you to have a referendum in the Western Cape? Because the national election is for like parliament, not Western Cape parliament, as far as I understand. So so we'll do in both. So first of all, just think in terms of the electoral system. So our target is 100,000 votes. Now, now in this in this election, there will be three ballot papers. There'll be the, the, the provincial ballot paper, there'll be a regional ballot paper, and there'll be a national ballot paper. But those three, those, the people can vote on all three ballots. So if somebody comes along and ticks referendum party, referendum party, referendum party, 100,000 votes would deliver us two MPs in the national parliament and three MEPs in the Western Cape parliament. Um, so, and they would fulfill different roles. So actually, which is the more important to us? The Western Cape Parliament. That's where we want to put the Premier under pressure to, to call a referendum and to constantly remind the Western Cape government that it answers to the Western Cape people and it has sworn an oath to act in their best interest. And currently, it isn't acting in their best interest. So that's the primary one. But in the national parliament, we could do different things. First of all, we can make shit. And actually, and I mean, in a positive way, that if any institution needs turning on its head, it's that one. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a bunch of incompetent, corrupt imbeciles uh, you know, governing or not governing a country. And actually to have some voices in there saying, look, you know what? <laughs> this isn't on. We will be fearless in that parliament. We won't be buffoons like the EFF. 
Uh, but actually, we will be there. You don't hear in the National Parliament this talks of Cape Independence. You will hear at every single step Cape Independence, about self-determination, uh, and all of the issues around making sure that democracy is meaningful. But there's other one other thing that we want to do that's quite meaningful in the National Parliament. We want to try and change the Constitution to allow citizen-instigated referendums. And that can only be done in the National Parliament. Now, the model we want to use is the New Zealand model. And in New Zealand, if in any section of the population or the electorate that wants the referendum, if you can get 10% of the voters in that electorate uh, to, to say they want a referendum, then the citizens can instigate the referendum. Now, that becomes really important because here we are in the Western Cape, where 70% or 68% of Western Cape voters want a referendum, and the Premier has made himself a roadblock. He stood in there and said, well, it doesn't matter what you want. I'm not, me personally as an individual, I'm not going to give you. I'm stopping you having a referendum on Cape Independence. In New Zealand, he couldn't do that. And we want to make sure that in South Africa, he can't do it too. Now, I don't know whether we'll get that, that, that change to the constitution passed. Um, I suspect that it might not be entirely unpopular across the House. Um, and, 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 and therefore, there's a possibility that we could get that passed. And then suddenly, Alan Windy mm. will not be the gatekeeper of Cape Independence. So therefore, the that's the role the we want in the National be, Assembly. And set, the sorry, Byron, going to, sorry, the problem's going to be, I think you will get that passed. But the sword swings both ways. I, I think that I can see certain individuals in Parliament really enjoying that idea and then trying to run a referendum on EWC. Yeah. Perhaps. I can see that happening. So yeah, I, I can see I can see you getting that that done, but I'm not sure it would be entirely for for the best of us. But anyway, it's another here. Politics is not for the faint-hearted. At the end of the day, we the, the system's screwed up, and if we don't do something, South Africa is going to end up being a failed state. So let's do something. Um, and there are it, it, some. Sorry, 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 buddy. Yeah. Well, j just got to correct you there. That what, what do you mean by going to be? It already is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a problem. Fair enough. Being, yeah. <laughs> It still hasn't been the Western Cape for far too long, and it shows. Come, come to Germany. Clearly. Clearly. Come, come to the Eastern Cape. You know, the, the parts of the Cape that you guys are, aren't taking along for the ride. Look, I'm all for Cape independence, but you've got to take Coco and Nelson Mandela Bay with you, right? Okay. I look at it, and ironically, I, we often get this. So our ultimate, ver our ultimate vision. If you look, if you if you Google the voting map of of South Africa, you'll see there's a really clear divide that goes about uh, a quarter of the way into the into the Eastern Cape, and about two thirds of the way into the Northern Cape, and ultimately. Our view is you have to start with this in the Western Cape, use the Western Cape Parliament. And once you then get the Western Cape government negotiating with the national government, then there should be secondary referendums at municipal levels along the border to establish who, who wants to be which side. Because I think that's exactly right. And I think there are large parts of the Northern and the Eastern Cape that are going to say, well, actually, you know what? If there's going to be a separation, we want to be at that side of the border. And again, yeah, the, the democratic solution is to, is to allow them. Uh, I don't know where those lines come, but, but, but I'm certain it wouldn't be the final border of the Western Cape. You, you, know, you know what I found uh, distasteful about this conversation, Ramon? It's, it's exactly the, the conversation we had with personally with John Steenhuisen. Just raise an army and like conquer the land you want, man. Like, <laughs> just, just go medieval. Just go back to the 18-whatever version of stuff, man. Like, it is gone, well, much um, Just like the referendum stuff and voting. And, it sounds like a lot of work. 
<laughs> but in fairness, the, the British did use that recipe for several hundred years, Byron, but it's become quite unpopular now. So, so here we are. We, we, were, we were reduced to the, to the lowly subject of democracy and what people actually want. But there you go. <laughs> who, who am I to argue? I've been naturalised. <laughs> so, Phil, the thing is, secession, right? We can have all the ambitions in the world. You can win your 100,000 votes, get your seats, whatever you want to. Fundamentally, it is still a question of geopolitics at the end of the day. Like, does it matter for you what the world looks like in terms of a sort of unipolar versus multipolar world with BRICS or with the UN or whatever the case might be? How are you factoring those elements into it? Because they can determine the future sure. of the Western Cape, independence or not. Sure. No, absolutely. Look, so, so, so obviously, yeah, every, every every secession. And there's far more, interesting enough, when, if you caught the press conference, one of the stats I picked up, and this might shock people, because they keep thinking, oh, it can never happen. In the last 50 years, there's been 81 independence referendums around the world, one every seven months. And there's been 35 new countries. On average, one every 17 months, a new country gets its independence. Is born. So actually, it's far more prominent than people think. Now, to a certain extent, you know, here we are, it's hard enough us trying to control South African politics and make an influence. You know, we have very, very little influence. So, so, so to a certain extent, we're passengers internationally. We, you know, we, we try to do what we can. Um, but, it, but it's always a risk. And the ultimate, if you end up with a contested secession, the ultimate uh, uh, um, arbiter is the international community through the process of international recognition. So geopolitics are critically important. By pure chance, and not you know, at the end of the day, obviously, the, 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 the sort of the wars that are going on are absolutely horrendous, and, and, and there are no circumstances would I have wanted them or take any delight in them. But actually, they absolutely have fallen perfectly for Cape independence. And you've ended up in a situation, particularly with the Ukrainian crisis, where the world is divided between the people who are sympathetic with the old Soviet bloc and Russia and, and China and so on, and then the West. Um, and, and, and you have this very, very clear division. And actually, that division has been manifestedly down, manifested down into the Western Cape. So you have the, the South African national government conducting military exercises with Russia and China. And you have the Western Cape government uh, uh, carrying out trade negotiations with, with America, bringing the Ukrainian ambassador into its thing, banning Russian diplomats from its premises. And, 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 and painting up the, 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 the town hall in Cape Town in the Ukrainian flag. So actually, geopolitics has landed at our doorstep. And we do quite a lot of work on things. And interestingly enough, and I have this on good authority from number, suddenly the Cape trade route has become really, really significant in geopolitics. And the West, yeah. recognising that they may well lose the control of the Panama Canal, uh, they probably already have lost of the sort of horn of Africa, uh, the, the, sorry, the Suez Canal, rather, and now in a situation where, where the, 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 these South Atlantic trade routes become absolutely critical. And actually, who controls the, the, the South Atlantic trade route around the Cape of, 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 yeah, of Good Hope? the western cape and so so ironically geopolitics have really fallen into our lap and, and right now uh, i think we would get and, and we have had some discussions but i mean obviously you 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 know always you never know um, but at this point in time i mean more confident than I've ever been about getting international support for cape independence i think uh, that that yeah it's already starting to happen now, ironically alan windy 
when he, when he banned the Russian diplomats uh, from the thing, actually broke international law. And he, you know, he started acting. There were the, there are four provisions of a country. You have to have a defined territory. You have to have a border. Uh, you have to have a permanent population, and you have to have the ability to enter into negotiations with foreign states. Alan Windy gave himself the fourth. No constitutional right. He, he he actually started acting like an independent country. And you know, how many times yeah. have the national government accused him of it? So that's coming, you know, that's falling in our lap. But that's what we said to John. Raise an army. What are the national government going to do? The guys don't even have bullets. I mean, half their, half their tanks and trains don't work. I mean, you'll be fine. Like farmers with pitchforks, some boors with a pitchfork will, will be fine. Like you'll, yeah. you'll stand it, it, guard just fine. He doesn't need an army. He needs to do one thing. He needs to hold a referendum. Once he's had the referendum and he wins it, he needs to ask for, 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 for independence. If the national government says no, then, then the Western Cape just starts announcing to Western Cape taxpayers that they must start paying their tax to a Western Cape tax authority. Did you, did you hear that, Ramon? He said, ask. They must ask the national. You don't ask. You tell. Say, hey, Ewen, you lot must foot sick. <laughs> don't come here with your rubbish and then off you go man like that's the way you do it but anyway we're dealing with the realms of liberal democracy Byron please don't come here and upend you know what what uh, this uh, freedom has brought to us uh, so so Phil uh, 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 another sort of question in terms of geopolitics uh, it seems like you sort of prefer to be on the sort of western block of this multipolar world so well, Byron and I are not, you know, we're not particularly pro anything or against anything, but America is starting to lose its luster. Western Europe is a slave uh, and is going to, you know, crawl uh, under the debris full of immigrants and a lack of energy and all the rest of it due to Western postmodern post liberal ideology of note. But would it might be more prudent to maybe speak to the Russians and the Chinese? Because it's, it's far more, literally, it's, it's far more easy negotiation. They want something and they'll give it to you in exchange for something. There's no such thing as like, we need like trans people in schools and stuff like that. Why are you Look, opposed I, to that? I, so I, 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 I think the ideal position would be that we'd be relatively neutral um, and, uh, you know, and actually find our own place in the, in, in the world. Uh, obviously, geopolitics will mean that you're going to have to sort of have sympathies to one to the other. Look, I mean, we have to be realistic. And I, and I, yeah, I, I don't think you and I are going to share views on, on Russia and China. I, I think we've got, uh, I, I think we've got you know, uh, five members of the Security Council. Uh, Russia and China are longtime allies of the, uh, of, of the ANC. And I think the notion that somehow we're going to go Russia and China and they're going to give us our independence from South Africa, I think is, 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 is probably a slightly fanciful notion. Um, and the question, the question is, uh, you know, what, what is going to be the price of our freedom? Uh, I don't know is the honest answer. That's, yeah, that's, that's going to be an uncomfortable discussion. But I think that, that let's just start off and saying, look, you know, neutrality would be a perfect situation. But I think, yeah, the, 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 the Western Cape has different trading partners to South Africa. South Africa's biggest trading partner is China. The Western Cape isn't. You know, at the end of the day, it's trading partners of the US and, and Europe. Um, we obviously do trade with China. So we, we already have a split. We're already much more Western uh, than, 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 than South Africa. That's just the reality, whether we like that or not. So, you know, I think that die is relatively, relatively cast. And I'm probably, well, you and I, you should be in the same boat as me, I guess. But I, 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 I probably have less of a fear of, of, of the West hailing from it. <laughs> yeah, but it, what it shows is that quite often we have these conversations with politicians. I mean, as you know, we have an entire channel 
discussing politics, speaking to politicians. And quite often you find this, unfortunately, with the Western Cape politicians, regardless of who they are, it's obvious that they have not engaged China or Russia. We have. And it's, it's very interesting to hear the idea that, you know, they're, they're long-standing natural allies of the ANC and that they wouldn't switch allegiance. That's kind of not true. The reality is, and it's a, it's a criticism we've leveled at the DA many times, the reason that Russia sides with the ANC is because the DA refuses to engage them. That's, and that's a fact. So it would be probably more fruitful to engage these parties rather than ignore them and assume that the natural allies remain in the US and the Western allies. I, I understand why that's being said, but I think it's, it's a little bit disingenuous. I don't know what you think, Ramon, but I think it's a little bit disingenuous to, to say that naturally they, would, they wouldn't give you your independence. I think you'd be very I mean, the, the reality, though, is that China and Russia doesn't get involved in local disputes. So if, like, if there's something that you do, they're very, they're like, it's not our problem. You do what you do. But I think, I think it would be foolish not to engage those individuals. I, I think you may find them more sympathetic to your cause. Well, I would, I would, that would be music to my ears if we, at the end, like I say, if we, if, 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 if we could get neutrality, that would be the perfect situation where we, where we, where we just made our own way in the world. So, uh, yeah, and I, I would be, I would be happy to be wrong on that issue, but, I, but I suspect I'm not. But I, but I am willing to accept that I might be because I haven't had discussions with China and, and, and Russia at this point in time. Stick with us, Phil. We can be your uh, 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 international <laughs> policy advisors. Yet. Yeah, ambassadors. <laughs> I pick Hungary. He can go to Venezuela. That's fine. Um, hey, anyway, you know, yeah, I know you love Venezuelan ladies. Come on, Byron. I, I'll, I'll take I'll take Poland. You have you have, you have Hungary. I'll take Poland. I'm good well, I mean, Poland unfortunately is no longer based. They they voted in the Green and the Libs in the last weekend. So fine, you can have it. But anyway, did they really? Matter, well, yes, unfortunately, so law and order is gone. They're gonna have. Uh, a lot of um, Bangladeshi living there very, very soon. But Phil, sorry, I don't want to get into the the, the petty arguments of morning shot here. Let's talk about KB dependence. <laughs> Strategy is 100,000 votes for the next uh, national election come 2024. Apparently, you are quite uh, ready for that. You think you can achieve that in a material way. What really is at stake for people who might still be thinking to themselves, listen, this KB dependence, like I sort of do agree with it in general, but I mean, it's so far out of this realms of possibility that, you know, this party is basically just a clown party. I mean, you know, UKIP started like that and became the most successful party in the UK by a large margin. How can you assuage people's fear that they might be wasting their vote because that's what the DA's favorite thing to say is at the time of the election <laughs> well since we're going to since we're going to give it to them then we'll be wasting our vote on them so um so, so and, and obviously that's by that's by by design look i think interesting enough so so what, what would be our message so we, we've kind of got quite a layered message for 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 this so one of the, so, so the core message is, is to say to people in 2024 look you're voting for one of two futures. Yeah, there are two potential futures for the Western Cape. We can end up being another African failed state. You know, and we and the DA can hold out a bit longer, and we can hold the wolf from the door for a bit of a while. But ultimately, you know, the end, if we remain part of South Africa, uh, then, then then the Western Cape is going to fail with the rest of South Africa. 
or we can create a first world country at Africa's southern tip and actually start building up, you know, attracting skilled talent, uh, uh, you know, growing our economy. And we've got these two futures. And, and, and the question is, well, what, what decides them? Now, everybody knows if you vote ANC, you end up with a failed state. What they don't understand is if you vote DA, you end up with a failed state. Uh, you, you just end up there a bit more slowly. Uh, and actually, what we, and we've chosen four issues to try and illustrate people. And let me get this. So, 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 so digest from the first one. If you don't control the policy, you don't control the outcome. That's, that's the reality. Now, let's take four really good examples. And these are going to be the four examples you're going to get sick of us talking about. First of all, if we, yeah, we don't control economic policy in the Western Cape, and therefore we have 25% unemployment. We don't control policing in the Western Cape, and therefore we have the highest murder rate in the world. We don't control taxation and spending, and therefore instead of our money, our taxes being spent on uplifting the Western Cape people, they're being spent to fund corruption and incompetence of a national ANC government. And we don't control our borders, which means that the Western Cape has been overrun with people who are coming there illegally. And then the Western Cape government is having to spend vast amounts of its money at, at funding people who have illegally settled land in the Western Cape, as opposed to uplifting the people that are there legally. So there, there are the four issues. It comes back to the same thing. And actually, what is the DA going to say? Does the DA say, no, we don't want control of economic policy? No, we don't want control of policing. We've been fighting control of policing for five years without any success. No, we don't want taxation. We're happy for our tax money to be given to the ANC. They're doing such a good job. Or, no, leave the borders open. It's great. They'll just let everybody come here. We won't worry about France Cronier telling that the people who are arriving here are actively voting against the DA. And one of the fascinating things that was really interesting in our polling this year is we, one of the questions we asked, we wanted to find out um, who was voting DA tactically? So the question we asked was, who did you vote for? And then why did you vote for them? Did you vote for them because you like the party? Did you vote for them to keep some other party out? Or did you vote for them because they were the least worst option? And we wrote that question wanting to find out how many people were voting for the DA just to keep the ANC out. But the number was actually much smaller. It was only 10%. And I thought it was much higher. And most people were voting for the DA because it was the least worst option. What was totally fascinating, we hadn't expected, is nearly 50% of ANC voters were, were voting to keep that DA out of power. <laughs> and, and that was a total, and that completely reflected um, uh, Franz's stuff. So, yeah, so these are the real practical issues. So, so what do we sum down to Cape Independence? And we've summed all of that up, which says a DA government in Cape Town cannot save the Western Cape if an ANC government or worse in Pretoria is still making all of the decisions. And that's the nuts of Cape Independence. That's your future. Why, is, why does voting DA in the Western Cape still leave you a failed state? Well, because the DA is actually in control of bugger all. Um, you know, it can try and manage stuff more efficiently, but I mean, it can't get rid of the deployment. It can't get rid of affirmative action. Uh, it can't get rid of corruption. It can't get rid of Becky Chili. It can't get rid of fear of all. It can't get it, you know, it can do absolutely nothing. You know, in the day, it's, it's it's just managing the best that it can. It's crisis management, and we have, and it's great. I'm very grateful it's managed crisis. But if we want to have a first world future, which we can have, then we have to move beyond that. And one of the things that you know, think about what the Western Cape, or it wasn't the Western Cape, was like before 1910. We had electricity, we had railways, we had a non-racial democracy. We had a parliament, which South Africa managed to burn down. Um, yeah, yeah, actually, it was a pretty functional place. We've just set up our first offices in, in a place called the Old Tannery in Wellington. The Old Tannery was built in 1875. 
and was the biggest, the largest uh, tanning works in the Southern Hemisphere before South Africa existed. Uh, it to, uh, less than about half a kilometre down the road is Wellington Railway Station. Wellington Railway Station used to run from Cape Town. It was the first main line in South Africa. The trains were more reliable in 1875 than they are in 2023. So, so we have to get control of these things. We must really, South Africa has been a disaster. So maybe I'm, I'm, I'm digressing off of there, but let's come back to that and say, why is Cape independence important? Because it puts the Western Cape people in control of their own destiny. It doesn't matter what government you elect. If you leave the ANC or whoever comes next in charge of the things, we must be able to make those decisions for ourselves and they have practical implications. I've got a question for you. And that is, um, Shoot. at what point in time does Cape independence get sued by Pepsi for stealing its logo? <laughs> well, I, I, I think we're fairly safe. Although, although you may have picked up that, the, that we that somebody I don't know if you picked up the thing that the, the DA tried to, uh, to threaten us with court action about two weeks ago for, for calling them out over the referendum promise. <laughs> although, although they disappeared with their tail between their legs when we asked them to confirm whether it was true or not. Um, but no, I think we're probably safe from Pepsi. <laughs> Why don't you have substantive questions about Cape Independence? <laughs> I thought that was a very important question because you can see the similarity <laughs> between Cape Independence logo and the Pepsi logo. It, it looks remarkably I mean, similar. Self-determination of a large portion of the population versus IP. Uh, you know, substantive. Well, it would be it would be very it would be very unfortunate if the self-determination was undermined by legal action from Pepsi for stealing the logo. Don't you think? Yeah, I think I think CIG has been around for a while, so I think that's fine. I think that's fine. So I've practically exhausted my questions on Cape Independence and on the referendum party. So, Byron, mm. do you have any questions on your side? I will admit that I do not. I mean, I, I like the idea of Cape Independence. I think that most, uh, let's call them most white South Africans probably do because it gives us an opportunity to at least build a country independently of a government that basically says, we don't really want your assistance in building what we destroy. So, that's I think I think that's how the majority of whites feel when it comes through to this topic. Um, well, I assume coloured as well. Well, I was just going to say, did you pick I, up I in our polling I this year for the first time? I can't talk for coloured Romanos. It's outside of my lived experience. But what? what what I can talk about is 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 the the, the whiteies, and yes, the, the majority of whiteies probably do feel like it. But I, I do think that a problem you may have getting this passed in the future is one timescales. And as we know, the Western Cape is currently the crown jewel of South Africa in terms of, you know, job creation, stability, governance, blah, 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 you know, the usual, all the usual statistics. But everybody understands that the Western Cape is on a time clock because there is large-scale migration occurring of, unfortunately, underprivileged individuals to the Western Cape looking for a better life. Many times they move into areas, specifically townships, and end up voting for the ANC. Uh, the ironies write themselves. But it does mean that a number of individuals, including, you know, parties of uh, the IFP and so forth, we have covered even on our own channel numerous times, where they have called the warning around the influx of individuals into that province and what it may mean for future demographic change, specifically around voting lines. So I do wonder long-term the practical implications but i think i think the idea is great and i think if you can get it done you'll probably find a large amount of individuals migrating to 
the Western Cape, more so than there are already, and there's already a substantial amount. But of course, migration. So yeah, migration itself is not a is not an issue. Um, migration is yeah, it's illegal migration that's the issue. So if people come legitimately and rent a home or buy a piece of land or do whatever and set themselves up, that's fine. And um, you know, and obviously, we, you know, you want skilled immigration. Um, and actually, just touching there on Raman's point, I have to say in our last polling that support for Cape Independence is now higher amongst coloured voters than it is amongst white voters, uh, which is which is phenomenal. That's been yeah. Yeah. And, and look, we've had support grow amongst black voters as well. Mm-hmm. I have to say, amongst all populations, but uh, but the most noticeable growth, the real difference is when we first when we first polled um, in twenty twenty, uh, support for for. Um, uh, amongst white voters was, was about double uh, the level of support amongst coloured voters, percentage-wise. You know, obviously, pop- coloured voters are more populous. Um, uh, whereas actually now, it, it, it's substantially, I think this last poll, it was 78% of coloured voters supporting Cape Independence, which is massive and, and obviously completely understandable since they are the bearing the brunt of, of, you know, people often think about affirmative action. They forget that it's far worse for coloured people than for white people. Uh, this legal land evasion is far worse for coloured people than for white people. Um, so, so you know, actually, you know, predominantly, we have to recognise that the coloured people you know, are directly descended from the indigenous people of the of the Western Cape. Um, you know, and they and they really have come off worse under both a white government and a, and a, and a, and a black government. You know, at the end of the day, and and, and you know, a chance to to have their own government uh, or a government where they play a leading role is very very attractive and, and rightly so. And I've got a lot of time for the coloured people because they're the, because they, apart from anything else, they're the only racial group in South Africa, perhaps with Indians too, who habitually vote across racial lines based on who's the most based on merit, uh, and 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 that is a that is a real feather in their cap. So Phil, actually, last question from me on that. Um, so the, the coloured vote, there is a political party called the Patriotic Alliance, uh, which is a, a coloured uh, nationalist party. We we know them quite well. We've done videos with them. We we did blogs with them as well, led by Gates McKenzie. And when you speak to Gates McKenzie about referendums on independent Western Cape, he says it's a white supremacy project and he's not in favor of it at all. Polling has come out from the Social Research Foundation to say that the PA is not really visible in the polling. It's within the margin of error of 2 or 3%. The DA has increased its votes amongst the, the colored voters as well. So do you find yourself having quite a good niche in terms of Coloreds are not going to vote for themselves. They're going to vote for the idea more than the identity of the party. Yeah, well, look, I mean, so, so, so the part, look, I don't, we, we don't know yet in terms because we haven't launched the party. So obviously we don't know exactly who it's going to attract. I can tell you who we've targeted and what we've done. But we have a very specific approach. Here. We're not going to try and be all things to all men. That would be foolhardy for a small party. Yeah? We don't need to, to win the, the elections, we, we, we need to get this hundred thousand people, uh, which is which is which is our real magic number, and that's a huge ask. So we've identified from our polling who is it, who is it that, that most strongly supports Cape Independence and votes DA. That's our time, and we know exactly who that is. We, we we have those analyzed across three polls down to an inch of their lives. We have those people's contact details, and if we get our marketing right, then eighty percent of the people of the Western Cape will never hear from us. And, and the other 20% will hear nothing but us. Uh, and actually, because we're not interested in, 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 in being all things to all men, we're interested in finding people who love the idea of Cape Independence, voted DA in 2019, but are going to vote referendum party in 2024 so that we can leverage the DA to listen to the people who elected. And that's our simple plan.